Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Man, it's a good, good day in the house of God. I haven't seen you guys since last year. Oh, come on, right out the gate with a dad joke. No, this guy was, um, that, I'm going to tell you two classics because uh, they just make me laugh every time I say them. And you guys have probably heard them 10 times last year. But when you think about 52 weeks, 10 times is not that much. Um, this guy was, um, he was uh, dating this girl for a while and he went and traded in his truck. And he, he said, hey, guess what? I got a new Ford F-150. And she looked straight across him at, at dinner and said, I think we should see other men. Oh, come on. That was, that was mean. Poor joke. There is this, there's this gentleman that uh, him and his wife saved up, and they wanted to take their, take, this guy took his mother-in-law and his wife on a Holy Land tour. And uh, while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. And uh, the mortician, the, the people at, at, you know, who handled this type of thing, said, sir, for $50, you can bury your mother here in the Holy Land, or for $5,000, we can ship her home to be buried back in the United States. And, you know, they, they were talking about it, and his wife's like, well, my mom, like, mom would love to be buried where Jesus walked, and the apostles walked. It would be so, it would be a dream come true for her. And and he was like, yeah, yeah. And so he went back to the mortician. He's like, well, after my wife and I discussed it, we're going to go ahead and ship her back. And he was like, and his wife looked at him, and the mortician's like, for, for $50, you could do it here. We'll take care of everything. You could, beautiful ceremony. He's like, yeah, but 2,000 years ago, a guy was buried here. And three days later, he came back to life. And I just can't take that chance. Told you every time I it makes me laugh every Oh that's how we're gonna start the year off, Ryan? Really? With a Ford and a mother in law joke. I don't know what your last couple of years have been like. But they could have been awesome, but I think the majority of people have had a bad last couple of years. There was burning down cities. There was a virus. Some of us had lost people dear to us. A lot of people lost people dear to them in the last couple of years. And it's been, it's been rough. Depression and anxiety are at an all-time high. More people in their 20s are getting um, prescription drugs for depression and anxiety than ever before. Uh, suicide's up. Inflation's up. 18, 18 eggs are over $7. The other day, I felt really bougie, and I made myself two eggs for breakfast. And I was like, woo! I... 
I'm going to start like just eating half an egg and putting one in a Ziploc bag to save for later. I was like, whoa, whoa, I can't afford this, man. I'm going to go back to eating ramen. And I, dude, if, if ramen goes up in price, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Inflation is at an all-time high. Our nation is divided. People are more fearful and worried than ever before. That's just, if you just open your eyes, read a newspaper, turn on the TV, that's, that's that's where it's at. This last, this last Thursday, the last Thursday, December 29th of last year, I was up in the morning praying, and I felt the Lord lay something on my heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm not one for the Lord to, like, some people, if you do this, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not me. Like, some people will go off and kind of like, Lord, what's your word for this year? They will seek the Lord for a word, like kind of like a theme or a anthem or a whatever for the year. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you do that, more power to you. But as I was praying, the Lord just kept going faithful. I just couldn't get faithful. The word faithful out of my head, I would be praying about different things and faithful, faithful. It would be like faithful, faithful, faithful. Like, have you ever had something stuck on repeat in your brain? That's how it was. And I, I was like, what is going on? This is weird. And so finally, in my prayer, I said, Lord, what does this mean? And I'm a slow learner. Um, and so I finally was like, okay, God's trying to lay something on my heart. I want to figure out what it means. And I felt like this is what the Lord said. And I wasn't even praying for this coming year. This is what's so funny. I felt like this is what the Lord said, though, concerning us. I felt like the Lord told me that this year, he said, this coming year, you will see my faithfulness like never before, so buckle up. Which is kind of an interesting thing because God is always faithful. Like, you can't separate God from faithfulness. It's like separating mass from gravity. You can't. If something has mass, it has gravity. It's just the reality of physics. And the reality of God is he's faithful. And, but he said, you will see it. And so I started thinking about, like, Lord, what are the conditions of your faithfulness? For us to see his faithfulness. Because sometimes we, God, God is always faithful and we don't always notice his faithfulness. But we're going to see it like never before. And I, this, is, this is really, as I, I've been praying about this, I feel like this year that though the world is going to crumble, though things might get worse, the church is going to thrive. You are going to thrive. God's provision is going to be more on your life. God's favor is going to be more on your life. God's faithfulness is going to be more on your life. You're going to thrive though things around you are not thriving. Though eggs are going through the roof, you're going to thrive. <laughs> You're going to thrive, and you're going to see it because it won't make sense. It won't just make sense to you. It won't make sense to those who are seeing you. People are going to see you as the church of the living God, and they're going to be like, how are they good when everything else is bad? Because God's faithfulness, is. you're going to see it like never before. I believe he's going to pour it out like never before.
despite what our conditions are, favorable or not, we will see God move mountains. We will see miracles. We will see his faithfulness and favor despite what the economy and the government is doing. I don't believe in coincidences because God is too sovereign for that. But I believe that God told me that because the conditions for favor and faithfulness is ripe. Two years of a pandemic, all the different strains, nations divided, the conditions for his faithfulness and favor are ripe. They're just ripe. And we got to, in this year, we've, number one, we got to seek him like we never sought him before. We got to get on our knees and go after the Lord like we've never gone after the Lord before. Last week, that's what we talked about. We talked about seeking the Lord. Let this year be a year of seeking the Lord. We want to see a year of the Lord's favor and faithfulness. Let's seek him. Let's seek the Lord. Because the conditions are right, ripe. These last three years are perfect soil for God to pour out his Holy Spirit, the miraculous, his faithfulness like never before. It's just perfect. Like what we would consider perfect is everything hunky-dory, but God is a backwards and upside-down kingdom. And he does things backwards, upside down than what we expect. And so usually the more dire the situation, the darker it seems, the better light shines. And that's just how God works. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 43, 14 through 21. Um, For about three weeks, I've been chewing on this section of scripture. And I... I told Amy, I said, I think this is what I'm going to preach on our online service. And Amy's like, you need to speak that in person. Don't, don't speak it online. And I just kept praying about it. I kept praying about it and kept praying about it. And um, I think this is a word for us this year. I, I, I got, we're going to get back to walking through Hebrews. Don't get me wrong. I haven't forgot about Jesus is greater. But I want to launch us with this in mind because God has something for us this year going into next year and this is what the Lord says your redeemer the holy one of Israel for your sakes okay I just right out the gate I got to stop there I need all of us to read this together for your sakes now let's say say it a different way for my sake say it Okay, we need to remember this, okay? This is very important. This is very important. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon. Babylon is the biggest empire the world had seen up to that point. They've conquered everyone. They are huge. The most powerful people. They, they have kingdoms within kingdoms within kingdoms. And God's saying, for your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon. Babylon is the initial country that took the Israelites out of Israel and into captivity. So they're, they're, they're in captivity, and the Lord's saying, don't worry. Forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. He says, 
I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. God is referring to one of the greatest stories in Israel's history. No doubt, generation after generation would share the story of how the Lord sent down plagues in Egypt and they had Passover and, and how they got to the Red Sea and there was no way for them to get across and the Lord sent a wind overnight and separated the water and that, that they were able to walk through on dry ground. And then after that, the, Israel, the, the Egyptian army in e Egypt was known for their chariots and their cavalry. And so the, they were all after the Israelites. They wanted to recapture their slaves. And God drowned them as they were crossing the same path. This is a huge moment in Israel's history. This is probably one of the greatest moments in Israel's history. And it's so interesting. I've heard it debated um, that a lot of atheists believe and a lot of people believe that where the Israelites crossed the Red Sea was only six inches deep. And so they're like, it wasn't that big of a miracle. Like it wasn't like God separated hundreds of feet deep of water. I'm like, I think that's a greater miracle because he drowned an entire army in six inches of water. I mean, like, that's pretty cool. But forget all that. Everyone say, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. Someone needs to hear that. I'm about to do something new. God's about to do something new in your life. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and the owls too. For giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland. So my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself. And they will someday honor me before the whole world. This word today is a word to challenge us to see, to challenge us to see with eyes of faith what God wants to do in barren, desolate places. So if you find yourself coming off of these last couple years and you feel like you're in a barren, desolate place, you feel like your life is a wasteland, that's the perfect real estate that God likes to cultivate. God's not looking for flush good he's looking for barren wastelands and he loves to cultivate it god wants to cultivate those desolate places where death sickness depression and anxiety run rampant that's what he wants to do and as i was writing this the lord the lord told me to say this and i'm i'm just going to read it because i don't want to mess it up 
But right now, what Satan tried to kill you with is the very place God is going to bless you through. That desolate place that you thought God can never use, get ready. Get ready because streams of living water are about to bubble out in Jesus' name. That very thing that you thought the enemy would destroy you with, God's going to use it for his glory. Streams of living water are about to bubble out in Jesus' name. I have a few thoughts for you. The title of my message is The Condition for a New Thing. God wants to do a new thing in you. God wants to do a new thing this year. It's not going to be the same. Let me tell you, last year was a great year. Last year was. We got to see, I, I've got to see, personally, I, I, I could say we, but I, personally, I've got to see God do things that I, I, I've only heard about. I've seen him open ears. I've seen cancer removed. I've seen people get hit, like healed. I mean, like just walking downtown. I got to see demons come out of, I mean, like God did all these things. And let me tell you, I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of what he wants to do. And we can't hold on to it. So my first thought for you today is, for your sake, forget it. For your sake, forget it. Now that word sake is an interesting thing. It's defined as benefit, advantage, good, well-being, welfare, interest, gain, profit. In someone's interest or to someone's advantage. For your interest, all those good things, forget it. All those bad things, forget it. Think about what God lists out. He lists out some amazing things here. He lists out what he's going to do to the Babylonians. He's like, listen, the most powerful army, I'm going to send running. The pure oppressors, I'm going to make them run. That's pretty good. Then he says, hey, remember that time I split the Red Sea and I made a way in the wilderness when there was no way and I drowned the army that was chasing you? Yeah, that time, the greatest moment in your history, forget it. Forget it. It's like it's, it's, it's worthless. I'm like, well, God, that's, that's pretty good. Like, like I don't want to forget that. Like, that's awesome. God's saying, forget it. What did he say? Because what I'm about to do is so much greater. And we, like the Israelites, can, can be really guilty of living in those past moments of when, man, we encountered God at the altar. Or for me, like, I remember when I got called into the ministry and I heard the audible voice of God. I could live there and miss what God wants to do in my life now and in the future and, and always look back, oh, that was the best time. Or I could see, okay, God, you got... What's behind me is not as good as what's in front of me. And we get so guilty of living in the past, those past moments. Oh, this was, oh man, I peaked in my walk with God. You didn't peak, you're still growing. There's not a peaking. What God has in front of you is greater than what's behind you. Well, I don't teach Sunday school anymore. I don't do this anymore. What's in front of you is greater. It's just a different season. It's greater. God wants to do a new thing. Just because you're not doing what you used to do doesn't mean God can't use you in a powerful way. But we get so guilty of living on past highlights. And God's saying, forget it for your sake. For your sake, forget it. For your benefit, I don't want you to live in your past anymore. I don't want you to live off those highlight reels anymore. 
We do, that, we do it in every area of our life. We do it in our marriages. We do it in our life. Man, I've... Please tell me, that I pray there's no one like this in here, but I met people that graduated high school like 20 years ago that still wear their Letterman jacket. Come on, man. It was a waste of money when you bought it. Mine's still hanging up in my closet. <laughs> Forget it. What's in front of you is greater than what's behind you. And God lists out some amazing things. And I want to give you a side note here. Because God tells them what he's going to do to the Babylonians. I will send an army against them and make them run to their ships that they're so proud of. God's not afraid of telling the enemy what he's going to do in your life. Know why? Because if God said it, it will happen. There's nothing that can stop the word of God. What the Lord's declared over you will come to pass. You can take it to the bank. Sometimes I remember growing up and my mom taught me this lesson so well. I used to be like, well, I don't want to say what the Lord laid on my heart because I don't want Satan to hear it. Are you joking? <laughs> Am I joking? He's a toothless tiger that, and a one-trick pony. He has no power over you except what you give him. The same power, Jesus says, the same power that was Jesus from the grave lives in you. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We don't have to be afraid. If the Lord laid something on your heart and he tells you to say it, say it. There are times where he said he lays something on your heart and he says, not yet. Then not yet. But listen to what the Lord says. You don't have to be afraid of the enemy hearing God's plans because he can't do anything to stop it anyways. But it's so important for us to grasp, take a hold of this. We, like the Israelites, can get in the bad habit of holding on to past victories, past big moments that God showed up in our lives, and not seeing the new thing that he's already started in your life. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in, in Philippians chapter 3, 13 through 14. He says, no, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. And, and he's talking about perfection. He's talking about living a holy life of perfection. He's like, I haven't achieved it yet. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul's saying forget what is past and press on to what is ahead. And Paul takes it a different approach, though. Because God in Isaiah, he's saying, forget the past big moments. I'm about to do something so much better. But maybe we don't have past big moments. Maybe we have some rough, roughness in our past. Maybe we, we have just a life full of disappointments and failure. I want, that, that was Paul. I want you to grab a hold. Like, well, the apostle Paul was like that? No, he was Yeah, he was. He went around dragging Christians out of their home before he was confronted by Christ on the road to Damascus and having them arrested and killed. That was his backstory. He killed Christians in the name of God for God. That's what he thought he was doing. He thought he was working for God. And now the Lord saved him and made him the very apostle preacher to the Gentiles and he has to live with this guilt day in and day out. 
Some people believe that the thorn in his flesh that, that he had to deal with were the faces of the victims that he had killed. Day in and day out, he prayed, God, take this thorn from me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power. And he had a rough past. And maybe that's you today. You have a rough past. What does Paul say? Forget the past. Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. For your sake, forget it. For your sake, press on. So you've, you sinned. So you messed up. Haven't we all? Forget it. What's in front of you is greater than what's behind you. What God wants to do in you this year, through you this year, is so much greater. Forget it. Forget the past. Press on to the goal. We got to press on to Jesus. For your sake, forget it. If God has done amazing things, forget it. Like, why? Well, what, what do you mean forget it? Like, are you, are you like saying delete it? Because I, I don't know how to delete memories. Believe me, if I knew how to delete memories, I would. I don't. I, th I think this is what God and Paul is getting at. It's when you think of it, and you will, you will think about it. Don't live there. When you think about it, Let it, if, if, if it's past victories, if it's like God moving powerfully in your life, miracles and all that, and you think about those moments, let them propel you to think this way. If God did it then, he'll do greater now. Like let them propel you. Let, don't live there, but let them prepare, pro, propel you for what he's about to do. And if it's past failures, past defeats, past guilt, let it propel you to say, I'm so thankful that I'm not who I was. Let it propel you, because you can't delete memories. I used to tell students all the time as a youth pastor, you can't unsee things. Because they were dealing with pornography rampantly. I'm like, guys, when you see something, you can't unsee it. And those memories are stored. And, and so when you think about those past failures, let it propel you propel you to remember that, man, God saved me and what's in front of me is greater than what's behind me. It's nothing, whether it's a victory or your past is full of amazing moments, miraculous moments with God, or your past is filled with defeats. It's nothing compared to what he's about to do through Jesus and you. Is nothing. The second thought I want to leave you with today is for your sake, see it. See it. Jesus, or God in Isaiah, he asked, do you not see it? I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. He challenges them. Do you see it? Do you not see it? We, we've got to see it. We got we to gotta look with eyes of faith. Because the enemy wants to look at, make us look at our circumstances. Satan wants us to make us look at our bank account. He wants to make us look at diagnoses. He wants to make us look at all these things. Because, you know, despite popular belief, yes, everything that comes out of the enemy is a lie. He's a liar. But he uses facts a lot 
to deceive people. He comes at you with facts of life. Well, the economy is really bad right now, and um, you're probably not going to get a new job, or you're not going to make and, and so, like, he uses facts and filters in these little things like, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to make it. Like, where did that come from? That wasn't God. He uses facts. But what we got to do as Christians is we got to stand on truth. God says he's my provider. God says he's my healer. God says he's my peace. So the enemy's like, well, this is a pretty bad circumstance. Maybe you should be depressed. Maybe you should have anxiety. Maybe you should worry. And God says, don't worry. How about you pray and stand in peace? Because I offer a peace the world cannot give. So we stand on truth and not on fact. God doesn't deal in facts. He deals in truth. And God's truth trumps fact every time. Every single time. And that's what God's saying. He's saying, see it. you got to look with eyes of faith. You can't just see your circumstances because if you just see your circumstances and not what God can do, you're going to be defeated. He, he's saying, look at the wilderness. Look at the desolate place. Look, look at the barren places. He said, do you not see it? I'm going to make rivers in the wasteland. What is a wasteland? That's like a dump. That's where you take, take all your, your trash. You throw your trash out. God's like, I'm, that's the place I want to make rivers flow. He does things backwards and upside down. Just get ready. God makes rivers in the wasteland. But what was, what was the new thing that God was referring to? Because that's, that's the question I want us to kind of think about. Because Isaiah's prophesying. He says, do you not see it? I'm doing a new thing. It has already begun. What is this new thing that he's talking about? It's none other than Jesus Christ. The new thing that Isaiah was talking about, what God is telling us to look at, to see, is Jesus. You want rivers in your wasteland? Look to Jesus. What is he? He streams of living water. All who drink from him will never thirst again. That's what Jesus, and, and God, God is getting at something here. Jesus was the new thing that he was ushering in. What was the barren place that Isaiah was referring to when he prophesied this? It was the religious system. It was the, the way they approached God. It was sacrifices day in and day out. They sacrificed every day. And then on Passover, they made big sacrifices. They, they covered the last year's sin. But, and it was never enough. It didn't cover the totality of their sin debt to God. But what God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. It's already begun. What was, how did it already begin? It was already begun through the line of David, King David. Jesus was set in motion for him to be born for redemption to come. And God is saying, see Jesus in your circumstance. He can make rivers in the wasteland. Do you not see it? We look for all these other answers. We look for all the other things in life to bring us fulfillment, to bring us hope. But Jesus is that answer. He is that hope. And we got to see him. 
Jesus came in, and what did he do? He ushered in a new thing. No longer do we have to make sacrifices for our sin because he was a perfect sacrifice, completely paying our debt, our sin debt to God, which we can never pay. He paid all of our sins past, all of our sins present, and all of our sins future. He paid the price for all sin for all time perfectly. And he set forth a new covenant, which is an agreement between man and God. That's what he did. And Isaiah is saying, see Jesus in your circumstance. Jesus says, I am living water. He was talking to a woman at the well, and she was drawing up water out of this to actually physically get a drink. And he's saying, see, you're looking at that. You're looking at your physical, and you're going to drink. You're gonna, all who drink of this well will thirst again, but all who drink from me will never thirst again because I'm living water. This year, I believe we have to go after God like never before. We got to see him and seek him and seek him and see him. The more you seek him, the more you find him, the more you find him, the more you want him, the more you want him, the more he moves in your life. This year has got to be a year of seeking the Lord and seeing the Lord. And I'm telling you, the more you seek him, the more you see him. You're going to see his faithfulness show up in random areas. You're going, to see, you're going to see God show up so miraculously. And you're going to be like, where did this come from? But it's because we sought the Lord. The cry then is the cry now for us, for our sake, to see Jesus. To go after Jesus. If your life feels like a wasteland, seek Jesus See Jesus, he is living water, and all who drink from him will never thirst again. And the last thought I want to leave you with for this day is for your sake, receive it. For your benefit, receive it. That's all you have to do. There's not like, go stand over in the corner on one leg, do a backflip to earn it, or you know, like, or pay this much money to earn the favor of God, the faithfulness of God. No, it's not like that. What did God say there in Isaiah? He said, yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so that my chosen people can be refreshed. Guess what? You're his chosen people. Well, aren't those the Jews? Aren't the Israelites the chosen people? Not anymore. Like what? You can't say that. You can't, you can't say Jesus, Paul says to God, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor, I mean, like, we're, we're all in Christ. In fact, Paul says in Romans, he says that we're grafted in to the line of Abraham. Abraham's our spiritual father. So technically, that makes us an Israelite. So we're God's chosen people. And there's nothing they did to earn that. He just said, receive it. He said, I want to refresh you. Some of us, this year is going to be a year of refreshing. Though your, 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 your circumstances might be desolate, God's saying, I'm bubbling up living water. See, Jesus, I'm bubbling up. My faithfulness is going to be so evident. Just be refreshed in him. Just be refreshed. Some of us have been so worried. I got to get this done. I got to do that. Oh, man, all of it depends on me. None of it depends on you. It's all on God. They didn't cultivate one thing in this wilderness place. They just showed up and drank refreshing water. 
None of it's on you. It's all on Jesus. It's all on Jesus. Be refreshed. For our good, for your sake, forget the past. For your sake, open your eyes and see Jesus. For your sake, give our lives, our moments, our decisions, our wastelands, our victories and our defeats to Jesus and see what he does. See what he does. Then after we've done that, just receive. Just receive from him. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to try harder. That's not God. That's what Jesus came to replace. That's the opposite of the new thing. The new thing that God established was a relationship through faith alone. All I have to do is believe that Jesus is a son of God. Believe that he died on the cross and rose again. Ask him to forgive me and make him Lord. Just surrender. God, be Lord. And it's a day in and day out process. Like saying a, saying a prayer down at the altar doesn't do anything. It's deciding day in and day out, saying, I'm going to make Jesus Lord of my life. Just receive it. God told me this year, we will see his faithfulness like never before. I'm here to tell you that you are a perfect candidate for God to refresh for God to bring life to your wasteland, to your wilderness, your perfect candidate. But it starts and ends with Jesus. Jesus is it. We seek him. We go after him. We can't stand for the status quo anymore, church. We can't go through the motions. It's a new thing. We sang it this morning. I didn't know that was in the playlist. No, what is it, nothing else? Um, forgive me. How, what's, what's the words? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just what, gone through, gone the, through the motions. I'm sorry when you've just gone through the motions. How often do we do that when God wants to do a new thing in us? We've gone through the motions. We get up and go to church. We go through the motions of our walk with him. Maybe you just get up and pray or read the Bible, which are good things, good things. Don't stop praying or reading the Bible. <laughs> Keep doing that. But don't do it out of habit. Do it because I, I want to seek Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to see the faithfulness of God more than ever before. I want to see the new thing that he's doing in my life. I want to see the rivers in the wasteland as I surrender to him. Some of us feel like their area is too nasty for us to give up or people are going to judge us. That's not true. <laughs> Those nasty areas are the perfect areas for God to make rivers of living water flow. Just receive it. Don't go through the motions this year. Let this year be a year where we have determined we will see the faithfulness of God in the land of the living. We will see God move more powerfully in our church, in my life than ever before. I pray. This is what I've been praying. God, use me. I've been literally, even this morning I was praying, God, I am cash in your hands. Spend me where you want. I want to see miracles. 
I don't just want to see him in this building. I want to see him in Walmart. I want to see him on my front porch. As I want to see miracles. I want to see him. You, I, I, I want to see the faithfulness of God. I want him to do a new thing. I don't want to be confined by years of tradition and living off last year's or the year before's highlight reel. I want God to do something new, and I want God to do something new in your life. Forget the past. For your sake, forget it. For your sake, see what God can do in your life. Open your eyes to faith. Man, this year could be completely different than any other year. Imagine with me. Let's let our imagination, I know like we're, we're past the age of playing, you know, like imagination. I know some of us is going to be hard to do. But imagine with me. Imagine with me God laying something on your head, heart, like pray for that person over there, and you get up and go do it, and God does a miracle. Or, or imagine with me you step in faith and you, you, you pay for someone's groceries or you, you do something as you feel the Lord leading you to do it. Imagine with me the overflow of that. Imagine what, what seed that can plant. Imagine what God can do with that as you do a new thing. Like, I've, I've never prayed with someone in public. Well, there's a new thing. Well, I've never, I've never bought someone groceries. Well, there's a new thing. Imagine what God can do with a seed. It just takes a seed. Imagine. What if you're the one to lay hands on the sick and they get out of a wheelchair? What if you're the one that prays that person that's suffering from anxiety and depression through to peace and joy? Forget the past. Open your eyes to faith and see what God can do through you. Well, Pastor Ryan, this is kind of new to me. Like, I, I didn't grow up in a church like this. Like, we, we, um, we just went... Went to church on Sunday. We kind of minded our own business. We told people we were Christians if they asked, but that was it. You know, like I followed Jesus, but it can't be that way anymore. You know, the scariest verse in the Bible is, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Oh! Okay, that's the second scariest verse in the Bible. The first scariest verse in the Bible is this. I healed in your name. I prophesied in your name. I preached the gospel in your name. And you said, away from me, you worker of iniquity. <laughs> That's pretty scary. We got to go after Jesus. We got we to gotta go after Jesus. And let, let's be cash in his hands. How I want to end today... If you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to be right up here. Maybe you've, you've walked away, you haven't been living for him, and you want to give your life back to Jesus. I want to, I want to pray with you. I'm going to be right up here. What does giving your life to Jesus look like? It's more than just saying a prayer. It's a conscious decision that from this point on, I'm making Jesus Lord of my life. That's what giving your life to Jesus like. My life is not my own anymore. I was bought with a price. Jesus paid the penalty for everything. And I'm going to give myself to him. 
If that's you and you need a relationship with Jesus, God wants a relationship with you. He wants to do a new thing in you. That's the first new thing he wants to do is a relationship. Or maybe you want to recommit your life to him. You haven't been living for him. I'm going to be right up here. I'm going to love to pray with you. Second thing is if you need prayer for any other thing, just prayer for family. I, I want us to pray with you. As Pastor Andy starts to lead, if you feel like, I just need to go get prayer, I'm going to be up here. Amy's going to be up here. Pastor Nathan is going to be up here. We're going to pray with you. And the last thing I want us to do, if maybe you don't need salvation, maybe you, you, you don't need prayer. Well, let's just seek Jesus. Let's stand and worship. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's not go through the motions just like, well, it's prayer time. We got to sing a song. No. We're going to worship the king of all kings. We're going to celebrate Jesus Christ, the Lord of all the earth. And we're going to give him all glory. We're not going to go through the motions of a song. We're going to celebrate Jesus because we're the church of the living God. We're his body.